Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello, welcome to our Lads and Powers. This is Scott Powers, joined by, as always, Mark Lazarus. So we're both of the Athletic. Mark, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Scott. Anything interesting happened lately? No. Are you uh, you doing okay? <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah, it was an adventurous day. Like, yeah, last yeah. night, um, got into a car accident, turning left on Damon uh, from Madison uh, on my way home to write the story last night that we worked on. So, uh, uh, so yeah, happy Connor Bedard Day. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we probably talk about that instead of uh, anything else, huh? Just... I thought we were going to do the Matvey Mitchkov deep dive. <laughs> I've been studying for weeks. I, I actually talked to Ilya Safonov last week, and I, I imagine that story is probably going to be put on the back burner for a little bit. So you might want to save that one for development yeah. camp. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> I got out the prospect rankings because I was afraid that that would become irrelevant pretty quickly. So it's uh, that's done, and the prospect rankings will probably change at this point. It's kind of amazing how quickly things can change and the whole narrative around everything can change. I mean, for months now, we've been talking about how this process is going to be awful. Like next year is going to be worse than this year. You know, we're talking four or five years down the road. And now all of a sudden they sell $2.5 million of season tickets in 90 minutes last night. And, you know, all of our stories are going to get twice as many reads. And, you know, all of a sudden next year is going to be fascinating and fun and exciting and Hawks fans are stoked and they're going to win the cup in, you know, in, in January. And it's it's just all, you know, it, it's amazing how four ping pong balls can just completely change, you know, the entire narrative around a team. Yeah, I, I, well, I guess it depends on who you're reading, because I've been on Twitter and there are some angry, angry people about the Blackhawks getting the first. Oh, it's, the, it, it's, it's literally the, the only team people did not want to see win. And I yeah. understand, fully understand oh, why. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, 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 it's, it's, oh my God, there's a lot of angry people out there. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's, uh, including Brian Hedger, who the, <laughs> the whole lottery system being rigged probably wasn't, uh, yeah, he 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 was he was actually coming to a point where he's like, I think it's fine, it's it's okay, and he he was he was talked down from his ledge of how rigged everything was, and then they completely just. I love the idea that the lot the lottery is rigged when the New Jersey Devils have won it twice in the last you know handful of years. The Oilers have won it three times. Connor McDavid is buried in Northern Alberta. Austin Matthews is in Canada. Uh, Slavkovsky is in Canada. It's, yeah, that's what the NHL wanted. 
They wanted all the stars north of the border where hockey already gets all the eyeballs and they wanted none of them in the States. And they particularly wanted them in the smallest markets possible. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> masterminds. Uh, the NHL is masterminds. Yeah, that can be said about many different topics with the NHL. What do you, what do you think about the whole idea that, you know, th- there's been a lot of talk going around about how the Blackhawks should have had first round picks deducted for their handling of the Kyle beach situation. We saw the coyotes, had a first round pick taken away because they had improper workouts. Um, there's been other examples of teams being punished in that way. Uh, and the Blackhawks were not for far more egregious sins, obviously. Um, I know that it was 11, 12 years later, but you know, should the Blackhawks have this pick? Would it have been last year's pick? Would it have been last year? They don't get a first round pick because it's, I, 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 I don't disagree with the sentiment. No. Yeah. That there should have been more tangible punishments handed down by the league, and there really weren't any. But at the same time, I mean, how do you do? You, do you punish? I guess Rocky's still there, but the entire management group is different now. They've they've all everyone that was part of the Kyle Beach scandal has been ousted. I, I'm torn on that. Like I fully understand the anger around the league and people that didn't want to see Chicago quote unquote rewarded. But I, I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of ambivalent toward. It. I don't quite know how I feel about it. What do you think? Yeah, I think it should have hurt them on the hockey side probably a little bit more, right? Like, it, it, I think to take away a draft pick, a first-round pick, and it probably would have been last year, and that, you know, like, that's that's Kevin Korchinski, and that, um, you know. Well, that they could, traded to get, I mean, well, they you tra- traded, yeah, they and, then, and then they get it taken yeah, yeah. away. I don't, I don't even know how that works. They didn't have a first-round pick last year. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess it, it would have to be some sort of, I mean, yeah, I mean, at some point, draft picks would have probably made sense. Um. We've seen that in the, in the NFL too, I think, right? Where you lose draft picks as compensation because of, you know, uh, uh, any sinister things that your team has done. You know, the, the, I don't, didn't the Patriots get something for deflate gate? Like, it seems like that's, you, you know, finding dollars just doesn't seem like, a, right. Finding a billionaire doesn't do anything. That's yeah. a drop, drop in the bucket, but draft picks, that's everything. That's currency. That's real currency. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the fact, I mean, if, if there were, if there was different ownership, I think this would have been a different story too. You know, the fact that, you know, I mean, the Rocky Wirtz is still the owner and, you know, it, it, yeah, it's, it's still hard to fathom who knew what, you know, right? Like that's, that's the challenging part. And, and regardless, like the, he empowered John McDonough, you know, you obviously go down this lane a million times already, but it's, it's, yeah, I think that's the challenge for a lot of people is that they don't feel the Blackhawks were fully, um, penalized for for what happened and what they never wanted to reveal and yeah it's it's i i get the anger and i get why um yeah i get why a lot of people are, are upset the blackhawks you know being yeah they got rid of patrick Kane and jonathan taves and a month later had the next superstar it's yeah and the, and the way they treated Kane and taves let's be honest they didn't really give them the the they, they didn't really treat them maybe necessarily with the you know respect and reverence that they were accorded based on their careers here either they kind of like just told them we don't want you here anymore uh and go they, in the, the morning of jonathan taves's last game they're like all right well, well we'll make sure we sell out the place so that people can cheer for you like yeah. that's and then here we go and then connor bedard walks in 25 days later it's amazing uh i'll tell you where they're not upset is in chicago no chicago's, <laughs> chicago's pretty stuck. I, I wrote a column you know the, the, they, they asked me to write a, a column like a, just like a, a just a general league-wide column on connor bedard uh in anticipation of the lottery and i wrote you know what Maybe we just need to chill out a little bit. Like we're putting too much on this kid. And, you know, he might not be Connor McDavid, Wayne Gretzky, Sidney Crosby. He might be more of a Patrick Kane, who's great, but was never the best player on the planet, except for maybe in his heart trophy year. 
Um, and is that going to be enough to satisfy people after all the hype? And, you know, the athletic, we're as guilty as anybody of this hype. We have been making out this kid to be, you know, God. Yeah. And, you know, he might come in and score 65 points next year. Is, is, is that going to be enough to satisfy people? Like, I'm just like, I'm not saying the kid's not going to be great. I'm saying that maybe he's going to be Jason Robertson great instead of Connor McDavid great. Like, there's a lot of great players in the league now. Yeah. And that'd be great. If he's a 45-goal scorer, who's going to complain, right? But we're making him out to be something that is almost impossible for him to live up to. And so I said, chill out. And then, of course, it happens to be the team I cover most closely that gets him. So everyone's like, Lazarus, wet blanket as always, which fine. Yeah, I guess so. But, uh, you know, I, I, I worry that this kid is walking into an almost untenable situation. He's still going to be on an awful team next year. Yeah. I, I've been taking my I've, I've been taking my cues from the people who who do this stuff for a living, the scouting people. And, I, and I've, I've watched enough Bedard video now to um, and his, his shot is just it, it's it's unworldly, you know, like it's just it's it's incredible. And I think he steps in a league and he has one of the best shots. Um, I, I think one of the I mean, one of the part of it's who you're supported by. Right. Like, I, I think that's what Kyle Davidson's priority has to become is is free agency or acquiring someone now that you have your number one piece. Um, the only way that, yeah, that you support Connor Bedard is give him other good players to play with now, right? Like right. Like, you know, Crosby had Lucas Reichel you know, and Hulk Connor Bedard is as fun as that will be. I don't know if that's, you know, like that's probably they need some support and they need some, you know, like they're right. It, it wasn't just Kane and Taves, right? It was Kane and Taves and Keith and Seabrook and Sharp and Hosa. Like it, you need five, six, seven legitimate star players to succeed in this yeah. league. Otherwise you're Connor McDavid just being the best player in the world. I mean, McDavid and Dreisaitl might be the one and two best players in the world and they have yet to win a conference final game in their careers. Yeah. So no, for sure, this shit's hard. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know if it's, yeah, but I, at the same time, like it, it's, yeah, he's not going to elevate them to Stanley cup contender, but he, his individually, I think he can still flourish, but you need to support him. Like it's, yeah, this doesn't, I, I think it changed what it does. And, you know, Kyle Davidson was asked about last night whether this accelerates anything and and he and he sort of pushed it off, you know, just saying that they still need to build and they, and they need and they need a lot of other pieces. But I think it does change things in that you need to aggressively go get probably better talent quicker because you want to support these guys. And two, um, they, they're going to have to pay these guys, you know, like all of a sudden, like you have in, in three years, you're going to have to pay, you know, Connor Bedard. Uh, a very hefty bridge deal or, 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 and plus, you know, I think Kurczynski now, I mean, Kevin Kurczynski, I, I would assume is in the NHL next year. And, and all of a sudden he's doing contract in, in three years too. And all of a sudden you got Reichel's second contract and all this stuff adds up pretty quickly. If you're assembling that type of a talent, because it's those, you know, it's, it's not like those young guys yeah, don't I mean, get paid as much. So it's, yeah, I mean, the Blackhawks should be so lucky, but Connor McDavid didn't have a bridge deal. He immediately, after his entry level deal, signed an eight year, $12.5 million a yeah. year contract. Yeah, for sure. And you look at Kale McCard, he's making nine or $10 million. And, you know, this is the going rate for star players. And in three years, it's going to be even more. And you've still got Seth Jones on the, on the, on the docket for, you know, another 112 years. So, you know, they have all the cap space in the world right now. So you think, yeah, go just get this guy and get this guy and get this guy. But, you know, you have to play the long game still. Like you said, three, four years out, there's going to be a salary cap explosion, especially if it's Bedard and Korchinski in the same year, which it's probably going to be. Yeah. And and, and at this point, I mean, Reichel probably gets elevated too, right? Like his... It'll uh, be a year out, a year ahead yeah, of them. Yeah. Yeah. And just it's... Yeah. There, there, there's some different avenues where I think Cal Davidson 
can't be as patient as he probably wants to be. And the Blackhawks may just be as, as bad next year still. Like it's, it's going to be a really young team. And uh, this free agency class, I was actually just kind of going through this stuff before we got on here. It, it's, it's not great. Like I, I mean, Kane's the number one player. And then I, I still think from what I've, you know, at least what I've been told to the Blackhawks don't have any, you know, like they've chosen this, this route. So then they're not bringing Patrick Kane or Jonathan Tays back regardless of who, who they pick. So, or how this lottery was going to play out. So, um, yeah, so who's, who's your right wing? Who's your top line? It's 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 Reichel, Bedard, and whom? Do you, do you do it internally? Is it a Tyler Johnson, like a savvy veteran? Is it a Taylor Radish? Do you go get Max Domi back? Is it Andreas Athanasiu? Uh, is yeah, it I, I, is I it Alex DeBrincat? Interesting to them. I, I think um, uh, you know, like you you saw Bertuzzi play with Boston. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the free agency class isn't great. It's it's confident. what about Alex DeBrincat? I mean, Ottawa says they're going to qualify him at nine million dollars. But the Hawks have a whole lot of draft picks to play with here. And if if Ottawa doesn't feel super confident that they can re-sign him long-term, is that a possibility? I I don't know if there's a line of Bedard to Reichel and to Brinkett. Does that that work? I don't don't, know. You want someone who can probably just go go get Fox, right? Who's your two-way guy there? Who's your banger? Yeah, yeah. Like I I think the Brinkett could be in the mix. I I think it's more likely to happen free agency the next year. If uh, yeah, the Brinkett just signs one year. I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time thinking Ottawa's going to let him get to that point. They will trade him before they let yeah. him get. Yeah, and I, I assume that someone wants the Blackhawks twenty twenty four draft pick, and the Blackhawks probably don't want to give that up either. So yeah. I, yeah, unless you're trading that second first rounder, and um, I I'd, I'd be surprised if that stuff sort of in play yet. I, I think the next couple of free agency classes are. Are, are a lot better and I, I think that there's some plays in there the Blackhawks can be a little bit more aggressive and 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 they don't you know I think they want to put someone around that can play with top players but not necessarily um yeah they, they don't want I don't think they want to invest a long-term deal I think they'll overpay for someone now because they need they still need to get to the um the cap floor um but yeah they don't want to probably spend you know on six-year contract on, on well that's on, just it right i mean i mean right all, all of a sudden things change where you know just a few a month ago kyle davidson saying well we don't want to do anything that's more than one or two year deals probably but now you have guys that might want to come to chicago chicago's a lot more attractive as a free agent like tyler bertuzzi is a good example where he's really made a name for himself this year he's kind of explained especially the way he played in boston people are like this is like a, a future star player he plays that scrappy style he's gritty he scores goals uh he's a, he's oh. a, he's an attractive I was say, well, what's interesting i was looking at his numbers now he he like he was with pasternak a lot um more than anyone and and they actually like they didn't do that well they they were outscored three to one the expected goals like yeah i don't i i guess the, he looks the part i just i i don't know i i have to look to see if there's evidence of what i'm just saying a guy a guy like bertuzzi was yeah. never going to be in the mix for them this summer uh without bedard but yeah. now, because because Bertuzzi's going to be out there looking to make his bones. This is this is his chance to make a big contract. Yeah. But now it's like, well, shoot, well, what if I go play with Connor Bedard for a couple of years, but yeah. boost my numbers, and then sure. I make my big deals like that? Like the all I'm saying is the Blackhawks are suddenly more attractive to free agents, yeah. Other than like an Athanasi or a Domi who knows and likes the organization. Well, I think what the Blackhawks are going to have going for them, regardless of whether they got Bedard or not, was that they're going to overpay for someone. Like I. I Someone told me the other day that it's like the Blackhawks are going to put up some stupid money for a couple of people and people people are going to be like, what? And it's like what they need to get to the cap floor and they're going to and they do need to attract people that, you know, like they don't have a whole lot to sell and in, in winning right now. They have they have opportunity. So, you know, they made a lot of sense for Anna to see you and and Domi and, and maybe um, maybe there's someone like that out there. I haven't, I haven't really looked at the list hard enough to go see it. No one really pops out. But 
Um, yeah, I think they're going to overpay for a couple of people and, and you know, try to bolster the team in that way. And and they do have something a little bit more attractive now. Like Bedard does, you know, he's going to be fun to play with. And he's someone that probably does, you know, elevate someone's numbers too. So I think, um, yeah, I, th- I think there's, yeah, it'll, yeah, it's, it's it's certainly more interesting and changes. I think Davidson's uh, what he's going to do this this in this summer. So, yeah, it's always interesting. You know, I, I I always bring this up with players that kind of pass through or or pending free agents when I'm on the road. And Chicago is still seen as a destination city in this league. Like Chicago, even even after everything that happened, has this reputation as treating its players better than anybody. Everything's five star. They put all the money into it. Everyone loves the city. Um, and so even when they're terrible, like Max Domi talked about these, like it's an original six city and everyone hears about how good they treat you here. And then you get here and it's all true. Like people want to come to Chicago, even when they suck. So now when you add in the Bedard mixture, they really, for the next, for the foreseeable future, they're going to continue to be a top free agent destination. They might, and the Blackhawks might be the ones waiting for a year or two before they really dive into that pool. Because like we said, there's a cap explosion coming for them, but it's, it's going to be fascinating to see, just how like a, a team that's coming off one of the worst seasons we can ever remember is going to be a player in free agency if it wants to be, because the Chicago factor does hold a lot of weight around the league. It was interesting when I, when I, when I went to go see Patrick Kane at the end of the season in New York, I, I'd, I'd asked them, you know, what advice or what, you know, what would you say to someone that's coming in if, if he's top three, top five pick, whatever. And he, and he said that, you know, his thing was that Chicago fans are going to come out regardless. Like you, you have this great hockey base and that, and this season was, you know, indicative of that or, um, and then, then he, then he went into kind of this tangent about, he's like, he's like, he's like, that's the thing I don't understand though. It's like Chicago is still like this, this place that I players desire. And, and he, he was frustrated that they didn't go out and acquire more talent. And, and part of that was, I mean, some of those cap reasons too, where they, Blackhawks kind of put themselves in that bind, but his biggest thing was that, yeah, that, you know, like you, you can, you can still sell Chicago and a lot of people see the Blackhawks as even, you know, as, as it. One is a city and an organization, and and it doesn't feel that far off from when they won those three cups. And um, so, yeah, I, I think in a lot of ways that, yeah, the players look at this team and organization differently than than other people do at times. It's just that it is an attractive place to to be, and and it is. I mean, the fan base has something to do with it now too. Where, um, I think when Kane and Taves came in, they were still, you know, they're still fighting for fans, and now, um. Yeah, I mean, you look at the numbers they just sold, and I mean, there's a lot of people who just who want to be back at the United Center watching hockey, and a lot of them there were this year. But now, um, Bedard's going to benefit from you know from what the Blackhawks did in the past, and that I'm sure that building's be you know plenty full throughout this this coming season. Yeah, I mean, we wrote that in our piece last night about how you know they you know how bad things were when Kane and Taze arrived. It was just starting to get better, uh, and that fan base is that's a, we talk about this a lot. That's that's a durable lasting fan base like the bandwagon term doesn't apply you can't throw that at blackhawks fans after they're still selling nineteen thousand tickets a game to a garbage 25 win team that's intentionally trying to lose and they're still filling up you know one of the largest yeah, the how, largest how, how, how much NHL. easier did the business side of this whole thing oh god them, you know god huh like I mean, next the, year was gonna be it was gonna be so challenging like if, if it wasn't bedard and and maybe fantilly but Anyone else probably doesn't play. Maybe Carlson, but I don't think Carlson was like you can't nah, start throwing him on billboards. Like this was, um, and and I know the Blackhawks were already grappling with the Mitchkov question. The fact that they don't have to even go down that avenue, like it just, I, I don't know how you were going to sell this team next year. Like it was one thing to have Kane and Taves and this workmanlike attitude, you know, um, workmanlike effort on the ice, and it, it was going to be different if 
all of a sudden you know, Anthos you and Domi are headliners again, you know, like it was, <laughs> uh, you can sell the youth only so far with, with Reichel and Korchinski. And yeah, this was, yeah, this was just, yeah, I mean, happen. this changes everything for them. Walk in, you know, the, 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 the we, we, we talked to Kyle at the United Center last night. That's where we watched the lottery. And, you know, walking in, you go past the team store and it's just all 88s and 19s in the window still and a couple of fours, just a couple of fours. I mean, that's going to be all 98s now, like wall to wall 98s is going to be Bedard. And like you said, it, it's un, it's incredible how it just, you know, we it remains to be seen. jersey get replaced too? I didn't see Ant Whistling in there. Oh, I didn't I see that one. He was, I think he got replaced for a bull. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. Like, you know, it, 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 we don't know yet how this will change things on the ice. Like we talked about a lot. One player doesn't necessarily change your fortunes. But for the organization as a whole, it changes literally everything. Everything. Yeah. Everything is easier to sell. Tickets are easier to sell. Jerseys are easier to sell. You'll be on national TV more often. TV ratings locally will go up. Everything changes immediately. I think, you know, you you had in our story uh, last night that, what, they had 20 ticket reps on sale. I had one friend who texted me who said uh, he was – um he inquired, he sent a, a, a message about inquiring about tickets after they won the lottery. And within an hour, someone called him back to like, to basically to sell him a plan. Yeah. And, you know, at like nine 30 at night on a week, on a, on a Monday night, like the Hawks were ready for this. They were ready for this possibility. And they, this is a cash cow for them. It's an, it's completely not, not that the Blackhawks were ever going to be financially unhealthy. They have a multi-billion dollar, a multi-billionaire owner, but this changes everything. It makes everything so much easier for them. Uh, it's just about, now you can just go back to focusing on the ice. Yeah, and and I think this makes this makes Reichel and Korchinski more marketable too, right? Like all of a sudden you put a, a poster of Dart up there with Korchinski and Reichel, and um, and, and a year from now, I mean, N- Nazar could turn pro after his season, and it's it's yeah, it, it definitely changes the whole landscape for everyone. And um, and then yeah, Re- Re- Reichel and Korchinski by themselves, eh? Reichel, yeah. Korchinski, Bedard. Oh, we got a <laughs> core, baby. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's different than the Boquist, Bodine, uh, Mitchell probably poster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one worked out. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, so what's the hashtag next year? It's gonna. It was ready to work this year. Is gonna be ready to sell jerseys. I don't know what it was. <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh... work hard for Bedard. <laughs> <laughs> Starts the year in Rockford, maybe. Um, it's a, we need we need like a, we need a catchy name for the new core. What like like you know. The the zoomer gener- the zoomers, <laughs> isn't that what they call the nineteen year olds now? The zoomers. Oh boy, yeah, we're gonna get old, huh? We are so looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with twenty four seven U S based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Old. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's going to, you know, I, I guess the, it, it was going to be such a different locker room regardless. And 
if for Connor Murphy and Seth Jones, like it's it this changes the things for them too, right? Like this probably um I think it gives them some hope maybe for the future. Oh, absolutely, like, yeah. You know, like the um it also means they're almost certainly not going to make either of those guys captain, I don't think. I think they'll go without a captain next year, give Bedard the test run, because Bedard's gonna be the guy here forever. That's what they want. This is what you do in the NHL now. Do you, you want to do that back. again after what? I that's mean... what they do. That's what they, 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 they. That's what teams do now. They, 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 by the time they're in their second or third year, they just slap a C on their best player's chest. Yeah, Jonathan Taves would tell you that would probably be a bad idea. Like I, I when he looks, oh, back, I, I agree, it's a bad idea. Yeah. It should be Seth Jones or Connor Murphy. I have no, I don't, I have no problem with a transition captain here. Like I don't, the, the, the new, the new thing these days is to just not have a captain and have to three, have three alternates and wait for someone special to really step into that. I, I. The, the Hawks had like 10 captains in 10 years before Taze. Like there's nothing wrong with changing your captain. There, yeah, no, it's, I, I think Connie Murphy makes a lot of sense. He says the right things. He, he, you know, like he, he's been here long enough. He, he understands the past. He understands, um, he gets the, the rebuild. He gets, yeah, I don't, I kind Murphy seems like that person. I, I know that we've also read Seth Jones probably makes sense too, just based on how long he's going to be here. But in the short term, yeah, I don't know. Murphy seems like he's, um, yeah, just the longevity of him and the fact that he does, you know, he 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 is willing to talk and he, he you know, he doesn't shy away from when, when you know, he, he's asked in tough situations to talk and even the organizations they have or, or anything. Yeah. I, I think, I think Connor Murphy makes a whole lot of sense. And you wait until, and wait until let's see what Bedard is. And um, no, and, give it to him now before you even <laughs> draft him. I just, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's definitely, I, I guess, having learned. I'm sure Taves would. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting. I know we're talking to Taves. Like he, he certainly looked at his his captaincy different later on in his career, and he'd be the first to tell you that he wasn't prepared to be a captain for yeah. for many of those years. And considering he uses the word overwhelmed a lot. Yeah, and considering what happened, I mean, going back to the beach stuff, I mean that uh, the thing that he was, you know, like I guess depending on who you talk to, what people knew, like if if they did know, I I don't know if you're if he was ready to be that type of captain or, or to kind of yeah. you know so. I think there are a lot of things to having someone that who's a veteran there, and so I, I, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they do with Bedard, but it's yeah. It seems like they're learning some lessons there, and maybe waiting to put a captain until he's older and more experienced. So, yeah, I mean, if you if, if you give it to Seth Jones, then you're basically saying that Connor Bedard can't have it for at least eight years. Yeah, so sure. Connor, Connor Murphy's on a shorter term deal. He's got what three yeah. years left on his deal. That that that's a that's a perfect transition captain is to give it to Murphy for a few years, and then maybe it's Bedard down the road if he if he proves worthy of it obviously i mean like, like again like my column said let's not put too much on the kid too early here but yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously these are you know these are the kind of dynamics you get when you draft number one overall in a quote-unquote generational year yeah uh, I, what, what interests me is the, the next steps by davidson one is figuring out the free agency class and two is it's even the draft somewhat you know he, he sort of alluded to this a little bit last night where they have um, they're gonna have the 19th or 20th pick depending on what what the panthers do but um may, maybe you know, now that they have that number one piece and, and you, you've drafted a defenseman, um, maybe all those second round picks and, and picks in the future aren't as, you know, like the quantity is as important. So maybe you package, you know, 19 and 20, you try to move up some spots and, and target someone. Um, so I, I think there, he has a little bit more flexibility knowing that, um, you know, we don't need 20 players to come in or the next three years. You know, we we probably have a couple of players we already think are going to slot in there and you, you want depth and and certainly they want to hit on a few more players. But I, I think it takes away some of the, the pressure because yeah. um, without the star, you know, like there was a chance they weren't like they were going to probably get a nice player even at, you know, four or five. And they certainly would have had to, you know, figure out if Mitch Koff was that or Will Smith, whomever. But there was a chance they would have 
knock on someone good as Kane or Taves or, you know, Bedard or Fantilli. And, and all of a sudden you start building your team differently. Maybe you look more like the the Hurricanes, you know, where um, you're, you're a deeper, really talented team, but maybe not supported. And I, and I think that was an avenue they had to start thinking about, um, you know, just that they were as, as good as Reichel is too. I don't know if he's a superstar, right? So like you, right. all of a sudden you start building differently. So I think that changes the conversation too, that having Bedard that they have, um, you know, they likely have the superstar and now you can build the team differently than, than maybe you were thinking too. Well, it's interesting. You look around the league, we've always, you know, focused on stupid and Stan Bowman used to always say this, that you can't win championships without superstars. You need to have a handful of guys that are legitimate stars, but you look at Seattle, you look at Carolina right now, you look at Florida, even Florida's got, I mean, Matthew Kachuk, obviously, yeah, uh, but yeah. in Barkov, but, but these are teams that are incredibly deep. They're fast, deep, and they play with structure. Yeah, like that's the that's what that the, the Hurricanes are are they're spectacular in their own way. Like they're boring as hell to watch a lot of times, especially now that you know they've lost Pacioretty and they lost Svechnikov and they've lost Taravainen. Uh, but it's just incredible how it doesn't matter who's in their lineup; they play the exact same way, and they're just so frustrating to play against. They're so fast. They're great on the forecheck. They don't give up anything the other way. Everything's to the outside. They funnel the pucks into the zone and they just go get uh, rebounds. It doesn't matter who's there. Like that might be the way forward for a lot of NHL teams. The Hawks are building another star laden team. Yeah. That's what they're going for here. They're going to have Bedard. They're going to have Korchinski. That's your number one. That's your, that's your, uh, your, your Kane slash Taves. And that's your uh, Keith right there. They're still building that away, but they're also building a speed team because you have to be fast in this league. And you see these, you know, Toronto is a star team and their stars aren't producing and they have jack all in the third and fourth lines and they're on the verge of getting swept. So depth is huge here. So whether that means doing it through the draft or packaging picks to get, you know, useful bottom six players as they build towards contention in the next few years, they have to be aware that the depth is still what wins you championships in this league. It can't just be a handful of stars. You can't do what Toronto did. It's clearly not working. You can't just have a top six, no matter how good that top six is. And, and I'd also say with Toronto is that I, I think part of the problem is the defense. Like all of a sudden, you know, they, yeah. they went out and got McCabe and McCabe's he's a nice player, but you know, like all of a sudden his roles were elevated in Toronto. I think, I think it's a lot harder to acquire those type of players. And it, it you know, like to come out and get someone who's going to fill your, your, you know, that fixed your problem even though the deadline like that like i think you need um yeah i think more depth in the defense too and it's it's interesting because i think the blackhawks they they sort of think they may have their defense already for the most part where um you know i i think next season there's a possibility it's it the left side is korchinski um uh kaiser and and Velasic. like that that's you know, those are all guys that are 21 and, you know, uh, yeah, I think 20, 21 or 22 or younger at that point. And, um, you know, you certainly have Seth Jones and, and Murphy will be there for a few more years. And um, they, they got to figure out the right side a little bit more. And some of us are hoping that, you know, that Renzel turns into something. Um, you know, he's going to go to Minnesota next year and he's a first round pick, too. So um, I think, yeah, I, I think that's such a key, too, is that I think the Blackhawks, the fact they have so many draft picks that they um I think they'll trade some of them and try to, you know, bolster a team in other ways. But I think they'll continue drafting a lot of those players and and hoping to build uh, depth in a lot of different areas. And maybe they can be a little bit more. They can target certain areas now. Now, like maybe you load up on as many right-handed defensemen as possible and, and just kind of get the system to where it is. Because right now, that's you know, even in Rockford, I think I think Regula is one of the lone right-hand shots, and and Ian Mitchell and and. Um, so yeah, there's not a lot of right-handed shots. So, but yeah, so I, I think that changes it too, where right? you, you definitely can address some, you know, some problem areas and, and so it'll, um, 
but yeah, I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from these playoffs. And, and, and certainly I think the fact you've been covering them too, you, I, I think you've been able to see a lot of different playing styles over the last, uh, over a couple of rounds. Yeah. And if you look at like a team like the devils who were like a 60 point team last year and then became a 110 point team this year, sometimes you're ahead of schedule. And then what you can do is you can go out and get a team Meyer, which, you know, I know that hasn't worked out terrific and he hasn't done a whole lot in these playoffs, yeah. but he's been active. Um, you know, the Hawks, Ha- are so loaded with first and second round picks for the next few years that if this does, you know, take a big leap, not maybe not this year, but next, next year, you know, 20, uh, 24, 25, you take that leap at that trade deadline, you're going to have assets yeah. and you're going to be able to go get somebody that can help you in the playoffs. So like you got to give, like I I've, I've hated the tank from day one, hated it, but Kyle Davidson has managed this tank beautifully. He has loaded up on high value assets, and then he got lucky and got the top guy. Yeah, yeah. So he's got all these picks to play with, and he got Bedard. You can't argue with the results. I mean, it's still got to make all this has to pan out. You have to no, make picks sure, that pan yeah. out. It can't be Nicholas Bodans and Ian Mitchell's right now. It's got to be stars. It's got to be players that can play. Like Wyatt Kaiser and Ethan Del Mastro have to become legitimate players. Alex Vlasic has to become a legitimate top four player. They can't just be, you know, number sevens. You have yeah. to have guys step into much bigger roles, but they have so many options that you figure if just one or two of those guys really pans out, they're going to be set on the blue line for a long time. Yeah, like so, that's what like I think. I mean, a lot of ways that this has been the easy part for Davidson. So you you tear everything down. Like you made some right. difficult decisions, but you you tore it down. You, you got lucky. But he did he did well to maximize some of those. Assets. Oh, like, for sure, no, definitely to, to get a first round pick out. Of I'm just saying. I think this is where the, I mean, like this that. is. I mean, we'll we'll know what I mean. Krajinski looks like he's legit. So I, I think this comes down to so much about. So much of it is about at this point how you draft and how you scout, and then, and now we'll get a better idea. Like so far, you know who's brought in on the pro side, uh, the NHL side. Like it's, you know, like it's guys who have fit the system, and and I think that's even more important now. You know, yeah. like, um, I mean, they've moved on from Lafferty and some other guys already who they who they thought fit the system, and now it's finding those guys and um you know some of those is, is, is a Samuel so, is, is, draft, is, yeah, yeah is, is Samuel Savoie going to become the next Dave Boland I mean you need these guys to fill in roles yeah it can't just be the number one picks that that populate your team you need these second and third and fourth round guys to come in and be complementary pieces to your star players and build a full lineup instead of just having a handful of guys to build around you have to actually fill in those gaps yeah and, and then having filling the right angel players around those players right like that's at yeah. some point you probably need to acquire a top six piece um outside your own system so it'll be curious how you know like obviously when the blackhawks went on that run they got they got holes so like host that was like that was the missing piece and and it's and it's, brian campbell before him i mean you gotta yeah. you gotta you have to at some point you stop rebuilding and you become players in free agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point you stop trading away players and you start acquiring players. You Unless know? you're the Detroit Red Wings and you just keep doing it forever. <laughs> and everyone says it's okay because Steve Eiserman says it's okay. He is untouchable in no. year seven hundred and sixty-two of the rebuild. Oh boy. It, it feels like the Columbus too with Yarmo. Yarmo feels uh, a little bit untouchable there too. So he's, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let, 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 let's 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 play into our header conspiracies. Who do you think the league wanted? Did you think the league wanted Chicago to get Bedard? Like, was that their number one choice? Yeah. Had their druthers? I think Philadelphia, Detroit, like having a healthy, you know, having one of those teams kind of take that next step would be really big for the league. But, I mean, Chicago. I think, I think you could have sold all this Arizona now. bullshit if, if you'd given Bedard to, you know. Like, right now it feels like this. this I still, I'm telling you. Arizona's got to be the one that takes Mitchkov. He comes over right as they open their new arena. It's perfect. Oh yeah, yeah. It just it's yeah. It, 
a lot of ways with the arena and the cap space, all of it just feels so like like a fake franchise, you know. Like <laughs> I, I think Bedard would yeah, it would have been sad too if you Bedard had been filling up six thousand arena instead of twenty thousand next year. Forty two hundred actually. Forty two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Um yeah, it it would have had to be like you could you imagine the Tortorella with uh Oh my God! It would have been me, me and Julian McKenzie were talking about this on the Athletic Hockey Show yesterday. I just, I just trying to picture Tortorella going, you know, benching Bedard. He's not blocking enough shots. <laughs> like, that's, like Philadelphia having Bedard is like the dream scenario, but Tortorella having Bedard is the nightmare scenario. Yeah, yeah. No, I think sure. Luke Richardson will he'll let Bedard cook. Like he'll make him play honest hockey, but Luke's gonna let him cook. Yeah. No. Definitely. Yeah. He's. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I mean, the reality is he he doesn't like he's he's on the smaller side, and there there was some, and and yeah, I mean, I guess the positives the Blackhawks have the puck a lot more with him, but it, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if he, yeah, he doesn't probably defensively he's probably better than someone like Kane or something like that, but yeah, it's not like you're expecting this massive two way player. So should we uh should we should we talk about Joel Quenville? Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. Larry, Larry Brooks of the New York Post reported that the Rangers, who just fired Gerard Gallant, and we all assumed it was because they wanted to go get Joel Quenville, um, are not going after Joel Quenville. But we all, you know, I, I've been hearing for months now how Quenville has been behind the scenes, you know, kind of working his way back and taking the necessary steps to 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 get reinstatement. Uh, it's been about twenty months since he resigned in Florida. Um, I, I'm honestly torn on it. Like, I, I want to be you know, the bigger man and say, you know, this is what we want. We want people to be rehabilitated and to learn the error of their ways to take accountability, become better, and then deserve a second chance. Uh, and I hope that's what Joel is doing. But on the other hand, we've never heard any accountability from him whatsoever. Yeah. He, he Even after the general block report put him in that room, that fateful room where they swept, they decided to sweep uh, the, the Kyle Beach allegations under the rug. Uh, he said he had no recollection of it. And yeah. Uh, I I I'm of the belief, and I've been I've been a kind of a hard liner on this that nobody who is in that room should ever be in hockey again. That includes Kevin Dayoff, who somehow got away scot free from this, despite being you know a grown ass man in that room. Who you know nobody went to the press, mm. nobody went to the police. Um, Stan Bowman's getting thrown around for the the GM spots in Pittsburgh and Calgary. Like it seems like it's only a matter of time before Gary Bettman reinstates these guys and they're back in the league. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I you know the fact the league hasn't done it yet, and and I think. Um, they're not going to do it until a team asks them to do it that's how it's going to go yeah yeah i wonder i i and i wonder if the rangers were given you know some sort of heads up that this isn't going to happen you know like it seemed like a number of people were convinced that quinville was their target and and those people i think can work in hockey again i just don't know if it's the nhl right like i i don't i think it's it's a complete privilege to work in the nhl and um the fact that this occurred in the nhl and this is supposed to be the gold standard for a lot of these lines and um so yeah i don't know it, it'll be interesting what batman does and, and like you said i mean quinville suppose he's working behind the scenes but um at some point there has to be something publicly too and it, yeah. it's um i want to hear real accountability and contrition from him not not from a release statement like when he resigned i want to hear him say you know i got caught up in the in, in, in the winning and i've learned that that's that's no excuse and that you know we did the wrong thing and you know People got hurt because of our actions. I regret it. Like, I want to hear a real apology, not like a, I'm sorry if anyone was offended apology. I want to hear real ownership, real contrition. And I want it to be, you know, he's not much of an actor. I think regardless of whether he comes back in the league, like that should be a necessity, right? Like, I think think that 
But I, I, I want it, I want us to hear it. As, as I want the hockey world to hear it, not just Gary. I, just, I thought you were gonna have him on Laz and Powers. Is you... <laughs> he's welcome to come on. I don't think he would, but he's welcome no. to come on. No. And the same goes for Stan Bowman. Like Stan Bowman, you know, like well, even the Blackhawks sort of they gave him a pass. Like this is not the Stan Bowman I know, and and everyone was you know yeah. like that was the and, and his excuse in his statement was like, oh, it was just a first year GM. I didn't know anything. He was yeah. again a grown ass man. Everybody in that room knew what they were doing was wrong and still did it anyway. Well, and, and, and I think I think it, it's coupled with what occurred, but also the fact that everyone let it go, you know, like it was right. it, it's it's something that got covered up. And I, I think that's yeah. I, I, I don't know if you can stop it from happening. I would love to say you could stop it from happening in the first place, but you can definitely stop it from, you know, not being reported and, and you know giving him a letter of rec, giving Brad Aldridge a letter of recommendation and congratulating yeah, yeah, him. 10, ten years later, it, you know, like yeah. the fact you still hadn't said anything. And then when it, when it came out, everyone was very defensive. And I mean, starting from the organization on down that we're, you know, like their first statement, or, yeah, I mean, we've, we've been through all this stuff again too, but it's, you know, their first statement was that, you know, they're going to be proven right. And um, so it's, yeah, there, there wasn't much accountability until they were forced, you know, the force to face with the facts after the, at the report and, and even then it didn't feel like everyone was uh was held accountable enough and, and certainly didn't speak after that and so um yeah it, it'll be interesting because at some point i you know like this they're both going to be back in no, the nothing surpri- yeah it's gonna yeah, happen know. yeah it'll be interesting i don't know i i, I guess i i don't know i, I it, it, i'm sure that conversations already occurred with gary bettman and and they've talked internally about it um and then, and then the team that that, that does pursue them, it, it certainly there's gonna be questions asked for them. Like, what at what point, you know, are they convinced that these people are 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 yeah. worthy? And are, you know, are these the are these the guys you want leading your young men? Yeah, no, I, I think that's yeah. yeah. No, I, I so I think there'll be many questions asked, and um, yeah, and, and I would I would think it happens soon. Like, I mean, teams that are looking for their coaches and GMs right now and and I I get why you would want Joel Quinn like you look at the Rangers and they have this good star-laden team and they have a coach who's two straight years out of a hundred point seasons got into the conference final last year but he Gerard Gallant is not an in-game tactician Joel Quenville was an in-game tactician and nobody yeah. was better over the course of a playoff series of adjusting and attacking and exploiting weaknesses. I mean, his records in games five, six, and seven is legendary, right? Yeah. So yeah I don't I think a lot of the players would... like playing for Gallant. From, from right. Well, yeah, he, he's, he's an interesting guy to play for. It seems, I don't know. I don't know what to make of him, but he's not, you know, he's, he's a player's coach in a lot of ways. He's not like a, a, a tactician. And I understand why you would want Joel Quenville, given everything he's accomplished. He's a, yeah one of the best coaches of all time but is there literally nobody else on the planet yeah that doesn't have the baggage do you have to i mean i know it's the nhl it's the league of retreads but really yeah. nobody else no for sure it'll be interesting um but yeah I, I guess i would be more surprised if they didn't allow them right like they i would be surprised if they, if, if a team wants them i would be surprised if gary bettman just said no i would yeah. be impressed I would be surprised. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I mean, with, with Bowman, it, it's it's I, I don't know if I'd hire him as a GM, right? I mean, it, it, Sam Bowman would have been fired at some point, likely for the Blackhawks for way that the, the on ice stuff was going, not just what happened off the ice. Like it, it's yeah. I, I mean, where the Blackhawks are as a team has a lot to do with his decision. So yeah, um, I don't know. Um, I, I Stan Bowman did. Stan Bowman was good at plugging the holes, like taking a core and the already existing core and helping making it a championship team. He deserves 
some serious credit for what happened in 2013 and 2015. I know it's everyone says it's Dale Talon's core, and he's right. Dale Talon and Mike Smith before him built that core. But Stan did a lot of right things for a long time in keeping that team at the top of the league. And then he paid a he paid a steep price for that because he just he went for it every year. And yeah. at some point you just have nothing. Like Tampa's gonna feel that at some point. Like Tampa in a year or two is gonna fall off a cliff. And it's because they've been managing that team the way that Bowman managed the Blackhawks. I so, think there are a couple of decisions that that made made. I think the Oduya one obviously made a lot of sense, but I think the Blackhawks also got lucky that Michael Hans, who ended up working with Kane and the Kimo Timonen pick was they traded a lot for Kimo Timonen and they probably should never acquired Kimo. The Phil Deneau trade was his worst one. I mean, there's yeah, certainly yeah. you know getting rid of Tara Vinen to get to shed one year of Bickle. There were certainly questionable decisions made along yeah. the way. I, I came with, and I mean we've talked about this before too. I mean, I I didn't have any much hockey now any hockey knowledge when ESPN put me on the Blackhawks beat, and I sort of assumed that. You know, like you, you all of a sudden you cover the Stanley Cup tender and you see all these moves like, oh, he's a genius and everything. And the more that I more time I covered it, it just I, I don't necessarily, you know, like there was moves for David Runblad and, uh, you know, and those other trades that I. I, I will it, not it, sit here and have you besmirch the good name of David Runblad, sir. <laughs> it, it, it felt like th- there weren't as many moves that that worked out that. Yeah, it was it was a lot of it was based on who was already here, too. So, um but um, yeah, it'll 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 be interesting because I do I do think some of that stuff has to, if it's going to be this off season, I I would think it ha- would have to happen soon. So, um, another quiet summer for us, Scott. Yeah, no, for sure. It's uh, certainly makes prospect camp and those rookie tournaments and all that stuff with the uh, with the well, the rookie games with the Minnesota Wild. All that stuff is a lot more interesting. So, um. Yeah, we. Uh, I'm sure we will write about Connor Bedard a few times between now and the draft. I'm just going to link to the 9,000 stories we've already written about Connor Bedard. <laughs> I, I'm not going to write about Bedard until about three years from now. I'm just going to use other people's stories and link to them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, look. If you want to search for Connor Bedard in the Athletic, you will find everything you need to know about Connor <laughs> Bedard, and um, we'll have more stuff here in the future. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure the Blackhawks will start signing some players, some of their RFAs here in the in a little bit, and then uh, yeah, and then there's scouting combine next month, and the draft and free agency. So, um, you'll be hearing from us plenty, and um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it'll be it's a lot. Next season will be a lot more interesting than we thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, this selfishly, this this makes our jobs a lot more interesting, and, yeah. and you know, it, it it keeps our readers engaged. So it, it's it's not such a bad thing for us either. No, for sure. Um, yeah, we will uh, at some point. We'll come back with another podcast uh, yeah, when there's something else to talk about. But right now, it's uh, uh, yeah. Follow us on the Athletic, and uh, we'll uh, for Mark Lazarus. I'm Scott Powers, and we will talk to you soon. And I know that I can fix it. I can help even just a little bit. Won't you let me try? As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.